Dull, so I turn the rest of the lights on. Sorry. So good morning. Welcome to our service this morning. However you're joining us, whether you're you're here in church, whether you're online, or whether you're watching us 25 years time on on YouTube. Maybe it will still be around. Who knows? So uh, well, I say welcome. Hopefully we can come together joyfully, as we were just singing. Um, joyfully we come into God's presence. This morning we come to. Um, the passage in Matthew that says um, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every every disease and illness among the people so we're thinking about good news and Jesus coming to bring good news and so as I was preparing I thought you know where would we start and I, I turned back to Isaiah to that passage in Isaiah chapter 61. And we're going to read um, some verses from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, 
and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the young plant come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I just want to repeat those last few verses, but in a slightly different translation. A bit of a paraphrase, I guess. It's called the Passion Translation. And I just like some of the, the way it translates or interprets some of those verses. So it just says, I will sing and greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My whole being vibrates with shouts of joy in my God. For he has dressed me with salvation and wrapped me in the robe of righteousness. I appear like a bridegroom on his wedding day, decked out with beautiful sash, or like a radiant bride adorned with sparkling jewels. My whole being vibrates with shouts of joy in my God. So let's pray together. O come, faithful God, who empowers the weak, who encourages the fearful, who gives sight to the blind, who makes the deaf hear, who makes the lame walk, who gives voice to the speechless, who enriches the poor, who brings new life to the dead. O come, faithful God, come and enable us right now to worship you in all your glory and splendour, Fill us with your strength, your hope, your vision, and your life. Amen. So let's stand and sing our first hymn. Oh, for a thousand tongues, hear him, ye deaf, his praise, ye dumb, your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, your Saviour come, and ye leap, even, and leap, ye lame, for joy. Let's stand together.
of joy in my God, for he has dressed me with salvation and wrapped me in the robe of his righteousness. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You laid down your life, that I would be set free. Oh Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness?
indeed we want to thank you for all that you've done for each one of us you laid down your life that we could be set free Lord we thank you that we find salvation in you that in your unfailing love for us you took our place in suffering and death that we might be set free Lord Jesus we want to give you praise and glory Father God we want to thank you for giving us your son and clothing us in robes of righteousness. Amen. Your majesty, I can but bow. I lay my all before you now. In royal robes I don't deserve. I live to serve your majesty.
Holy God, open our eyes to the presence of your Spirit upon us, within us, among us. Forgive us for our apathy in the presence of oppression. Forgive us when we have broken others' hearts. Forgive us for our participation in systems that enslave. When we are deaf to your good news, have mercy and open our ears. When our mouths remain too tightly closed, loosen our lips with songs of praise. Hold us in your mercy, now and forever. Amen. I will stay seated for the next one. I made you stand a lot. Um, thank you for saving me. Mercy and grace are mine. Forgiven is my sin.
Let's pray together. Lord Almighty and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you in awe and wonder that the earth is yours and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for you founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. We praise you because you are the King of glory now and forever, and we bring our prayers to you for this world and the peoples that you have made. As the COP26 summit in Glasgow continues, we pray for all the world leaders and representatives from many nations who are gathered there. Please work in and through them to accomplish your purposes so that the plans they make will be wise and good. We pray that as they consider the beauty and diversity of the world around us, your eternal power and divine nature will be revealed to them. We pray too for all the, your people among those gathered in Glasgow and living in the city, that they will make the most of the opportunities you give them to tell others about Jesus. And please help each one of us to be good stewards in our daily lives of all the good gifts you have given us, to show your love in action and to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in you in the midst of the chaos and uncertainty of the days we are living in. We pray for the Queen as she rests in preparation for Remembrance Sunday commemorations. Please grant her health and strength to participate in them. We thank you for her faith and pray that her example um, will point people to Jesus her king. And as we reflect once more this week on the sacrifice of so many lives in the past, we pray too for all those working for peace in countries where there is conflict. Please protect them from harm and prosper their efforts so that those whose families and livelihoods have been torn apart by war can make new lives in peace and security. We pray especially for Christians who are working in conflict zones. We pray that as they care for people's bodies and minds, you would use them too to bring spiritual help and support in the name of Jesus. And for those who fled the violence to find refuge in other countries, we pray that you will stir up people's hearts with compassion to welcome and befriend them along the way and lead them to safe places where they can rebuild their lives. We think especially of families from Syria and Afghanistan who've come to the UK, and we pray that you will give us opportunities to show the love of Jesus to those who have come to Horsham. We pray too for those in our community in need. We thank you for the difference that the Horsham Matters Food Bank has been making to many families who've been struggling financially during the pandemic. Please help those who lead this work to make wise decisions for the future. And please provide the resources needed to meet the growing demand for the glory of your name. We bring to you too people and situations 
known to us personally in our church fellowship and the community around us, those in need of your healing touch. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you bring order where there is chaos, healing where there is brokenness, and hope where there is despair. By your Spirit's power, please work in us this week for our good and for your glory. Amen. So now we come back to the reading for this morning, back to Matthew chapter 4, we started. This is verses 23 to 25. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. As Ed Bulmarin comes and speaks to us, we'll sing one more song. Um, by faith we see the hand of God. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward. Till the race is finished and the work is done, we'll walk by faith and not by sight. Let's stand again and sing.
Well, good morning. And morning to those of you who are joining us online as well. You are all very welcome. And isn't it a glorious morning? I've done about, I went for a walk this morning and I, it was just glorious. And it's just so lovely to be reminded in our prayers and in our praise of God's wonderful power and uh, the glory that we see in his creation. Just fab. Anyway, I was trying to think, um, when was the last time I heard some good news? Um, on the news, the you know, broadcasting news, it's kind of few and far between, isn't it? Um, it was good to hear of the recently published success of the, um, the HPV vaccine. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Advances in, in medicine, great. And I guess there's been some positive announcements at the conference. Yeah, mixed, I guess. Um, but I'm going to admit, I, I, this is a sad admission, but I actually really struggled um, to recall much else. And that includes even on a personal level. It's a bit sad. Um, on the flip side, I, can, I can't really point the finger at others and complain that I'm not hearing much in the way of good news because I was sort of reflected when was the last time I actually shared some. Um, and I, uh, I told someone else something that was good to, to hear. Um, um, what if I was to ask you now to uh, you know, turn to somebody near you and, uh, and share with them um, any good news that you've heard or would like to uh, impart would you struggle like me? Maybe. I'm getting some nods. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, it seems to me that maybe uh, complaint and criticism comes far more readily. Uh, anyway, we'll come back to that. Um, we had a short text uh, for this morning, uh, taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. I'm just going to read the, uh, the opening verse, verse 23 from our text. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. Just to put this passage into some sort of context, Jesus hasn't long been baptised by his cousin John the Baptist. You find that in chapter 3, followed by... Uh, his temptation as he considers the nature of his ministry and you find that in the opening verses of the chapter that we're looking at chapter four also within that chapter we have the calling of his first four disciples a couple of brothers both from the fishing trade and industry um, Simon later to be known as Peter and his brother Andrew and the other brothers James and John and uh, Jesus has certainly sort of now sprung into action and has set about doing these three things, preaching, teaching, and healing throughout Galilee. All very active verbs. Sadly, I'm going to teach a hat there. So, Jesus was preaching. Just to be clear, there is a distinction to be made between preaching and teaching. Nowadays, teaching is definitely thought of that which I do, weekdays, at school and, uh, and preaching is very much today seen as the activity that I'm currently engaged in now. But there was and there is much more to it. The Greek that is used in this um, passage for preaching here is, and I apologise to our Greek theologians amongst us for my poor pronunciation, but uh, I'm going to say kerosene and just go with that. Um, it refers to 
a, a herald's proclamation from a king. This therefore imbues Jesus' preaching with particular characteristics. It's a proclamation of certainty. There is no doubt about what Jesus must say. He has come with a sure and certain message that thankfully will not waver whatever the circumstance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, he says in verse 17 earlier in chapter 4. Good news! Despite everything you've done, God still loves you and wants you to enjoy the blessings that come from being a part of his family. God himself is soon going to sort out the sin in your life, he tells his audience, so that you can begin that eternal life with him now. It is a proclamation of certainty. It is also a proclamation of authority. Jesus is the herald speaking for the king. Time and time again in Jesus' ministry, we see individuals, both Jew and Gentile, recognising Jesus' authority, unusual authority, amazing authority, to say and do what is seemingly the most outrageous of things, healing on the Sabbath, offering forgiveness, healing by word alone. He can, because as he says in the closing verses of Matthew's Gospel, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is preaching a proclamation of certainty and with full authority. Why Galilee to begin your ministry? It's actually not very large. It's only about uh, 50 miles, apparently, from north to south, and a bit like 25 miles from east to west. It's comparatively small, but it actually was, at the time, densely populated. And that's largely due to the fact that it was one of the most fertile sort of areas or parts of Palestine. Apparently, there was a saying at the time that it was easier to raise a legion of olives in Galilee than it was to bring up a child in Judea. I'll take their word for it. Though Galilee had a large Jewish population, it also had significant communities dominated by Hellenistic, the sort of Roman Greek kind of culture. And so it was actually a bit more of a melting pot than I'd actually imagined, if I'm honest. And as was sort of intimated in the passage, this region is dotted by synagogues. And again, something I hadn't realised until my research, um, these were effectively, they weren't just, although they were, they weren't just places of worship and community. They were also teaching institutions. So Barclay um, wrote that uh, they were indeed the popular religious universities of their day. And they seemed to adopt quite a sort of an open mic policy um, where if you were a male Jew, you were at liberty to lead and teach. 
and then following that there would be a time of discussion. They were basically a fantastic opportunity for Jesus to start sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. He used the existing and familiar infrastructure to fantastic effect to teach. Teaching within Jewish circles was the explanation of the meaning and significance of the proclamations. Jesus had, not, had come not only to make certain the message of God's love for his world, but to teach and put right misunderstandings where God's truth had been twisted and misinterpreted. The following chapter is full of that teaching. You and I know it as the Beatitudes and, and various other um, sort of passages of teaching. And over and over you see it. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, followed very shortly by, but I tell you. So Jesus was preaching, teaching, and thirdly, our text says, he was healing. He was healing. Jesus had come to put an end to the guesswork about God. He was going to show them in both word and deed. Jesus was working in this small space of Galilee, but verse 24 tells us that news spread about him all over Syria. And in verse 25, large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. It seems in no time at all, this ministry where you have word and deed come together is already having an amazing impact beyond anyone's, I think, quite what would have been their initial small expectations. Not Jesus's, though. Matthew makes the point that Jesus healed all maladies, physical, emotional, mental, it points to his third area of ministry, so intrinsically linked with his preaching and teaching. Jesus had come to heal our greatest sickness, that being our sin. He wasn't just doing it for the Jewish elite either. Jesus went clearly went beyond expected borders. Syria was the great province of which Palestine was a part. It stretched to the north and northeast with the city of Damascus as its centre. Well, so that you've got a sense of scale, because to me, I know these names, but they're fairly meaningless in terms of geography. <laughs> so I thought it might be helpful. It's about 250 miles, apparently, from Capernaum in Galilee to Damascus. And that's roughly the equivalent of Horsham to Sunderland, if that helps. The Decapolis that's mentioned in the, the list of how far the, 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 the news of Jesus had spread was a federation, a federation of 10 independent Greek cities. So actually, despite working within a relatively small radius, as I said, Jesus was already having a profound impact, not just upon Jew, but upon Gentile alike. Through Jesus' healing, we're reminded of his third dynamic action. Christ's ministry of defeating humanity's pain. 
Again, quoting from Barclay, we read that Jesus was not satisfied with simply telling men the truth in words. He came to turn that truth into deeds. Repent, the kingdom of God is near, was not just something to say. It was certain, it had authority, and would make a tangible and profound difference in their lives. Well, this is all very interesting stuff, you may or may not think. Um, But what's that got to do with me? I think first off, if you... This is a chance to actually respond to that message that Jesus gave. Repent. Believe the kingdom of God is near. You can be a part of the kingdom of God. And if that's not something that you've yet sort of said yes to, well, this time of being here in in our church or watching online is an opportunity to respond to that call from Jesus to you. It's a personal one. And he calls you, and I would just encourage you to, to, to speak to Tim or someone that you know that is a, a Christian. Because you can know God's love and truly experience that freedom from sin. I would encourage you not to go home today uh, without taking that step. Or finish this day as you watch online without having spoken to somebody. It's a message for you today as well. And it's one that if you take that step, you would not regret. But for those of you who have already accepted and responded to this message, well, you should be encouraged. We need not be in doubt because our faith is based upon one who is certain. I mean, we've been singing about that. We've been praising God in our worship this morning, all all about that that he is one who is certain and unwavering in his love for us. And that's wonderful, isn't it? Good, it is. Hurrah. (laughs) I mean, it really means something, doesn't it? In, In these really sort of uncertain times, to know that there is a sure and certain hope on which we can build our lives. But secondly, is it not a challenge? At the beginning, I, I reflected on, the, on how infrequently I receive and share good news. And surely that's a bit of an indictment on me. And I know that I constantly carry with me that same good news that Christ proclaimed. We're not all gifted to be evangelists, but we are all gifted the gospel. And we're gifted that to share. Speaking personally, I, I think I can, I can say the right sort of turn of phrase. I, I can say stuff on a Sunday, either here or, you know, in conversation. I can teach my students throughout the week what it is to be a Christian. But if I'm not living the gospel, if I'm not actually feeling it here and, and really living the gospel, more than just an, you know, an academic kind of head knowledge then, well, it might as well be for for naught. Paul puts it to the Corinthians like this. If I speak in the tongues of men, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong. Some of my students might say this. It's just noise. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. As Christians, I think hypocrisy is probably the most confusing message that we can send to others. And Jesus was absolutely clear and consistent in both word, through his preaching and teaching, and indeed through his healing. As followers of Christ, our challenge is to be the same, that we are consistent and in both word and deed. Our aim is to be that in all that we say and do, we too reflect the love of God and enable others to know and experience it for themselves. It's not good news inertia, but good news in action. Let's spend some time in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much for the good news that you love us and that love prompted you to die for us so that our sin might be taken away. And we're sorry for times that we say it glibly and not let its profound nature prompt us to action. Help us to be your people who bring good news, who live the good news. Stir us into action, Lord. Help us to be genuine, consistent and passionate for your glory. Amen. So let's close with a bit of an old classic. Going back to, as we began, with the same prophet, the prophet Isaiah, his words from Isaiah 52 set to music. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. Let's stand to sing.
Let's close by blessing one another with the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.